Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, no strings attached. We're giving you a free book. You've heard us talk about how much we love Audible. Go give them a shot. And once again, promo code HIDDEN for audibletrial.com slash hidden. As always, we are sponsored by Illuminatus. Their pre-rolls are made like no other pre-roll out there. And they come in a sativa and indica blend, offering a discreet and satisfying experience every single time. Illuminatus products are always guaranteed to meet all government testing standards. So check them out at IlluminatusBrand.com and on Instagram at Team underscore Illuminatus. They blew her brains out. They killed all the children. The cool kids had to die. <laughs> all right. We <laughs> went and shot them all. It felt so good we to shoot those cool <laughs> kids when they made fun of us at the mall. Who's a faggot now? Who's the virgin now? <laughs> All right, turn, turn off the island. <laughs> Let's just... Ooh, All boy. Right. All right. We, we're, uh, being, we're being serious again. In... in Unrelated news, every episode going forward will now be recorded <laughs> in auto-tune. Uh, Look, man, I understand <laughs> why they fell victim to doing it on every song. Yeah, the, okay. Oh, um, this is a very serious scenario. Children died during this. Yes. It, it just so happens that auto-tune is fun to play with. Back to the deaths um, of these children. So, Columbine, part two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, this... Part's going to be a little looser uh, storyline-wise than the first part was. This this is just more like uh, notes from the detectives, the guys who did sort of the profiles on the killers, what they found after they died, shit like that. Notes from the underground basement. So let's start with notes on Dylan. Um, if you can figure out that reference, you're well-read. <laughs> For any of you numerology weirdos... I keep hearing my voice in auto-tune now. When I, I think talk. you can just say numerology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see the temptation with it. It's why, Trust me, I have wasted so many hours of my life just doing that. It's just so fun. I mean, numbers add up to the same numbers, and how do you explain that? Uh, but Dylan was born on September 11th, 1981. Coincidence? I think not. Definitely not. Dylan Klebold did 9-11. Yeah. He was considered very intelligent and, in fact, even started uh, school a year early and was placed in the gifted program. His father worked in geophysics, but ultimately ended up making most of his money kind of fixing up and flipping houses or renting out apartments. I always question why they think you're sm so smart when you're, like, the smartest six-year-old. Yeah, you're just making, like, like clay block. Look at, look at how quickly statues. he solved. Look at how quickly he solved this puzzle. 
this kid's obviously advanced. And also, Dylan's mother worked in education as a reading specialist, so he probably had some, like, a leg up on most kids. Um, eventually, he'd have a gun up pointed at them. Say, but... <laughs> eventually, he had a lot on those kids. Uh, the book tells a story about Dylan falling in the mud and getting laughed at by his friends when he was eight years old and freaking the fuck out. That's the origin story? Yeah. So Instead I, of his parents being murdered in front of him like Batman, he <laughs> fell in the mud. So I guess he was just inconsolable and kept yelling, stop laughing at me. I'm not gay, you're gay. But, uh, like, I get the insinuation the author Dave Cullen was trying to make, but... I, that they raped bro, him in the mud? Bro, he was... Eight, like eight-year-olds freak out over stupid shit all the time. That does fuck all to do with him going on to do this murder. This wasn't about children at all. This was about mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was out to kill this mud. I've seen this before. We know what the killers were after. I know this Mud revenge. I know this pattern. This is clearly soil phobia. <laughs> uh, so Colin's book definitely feeds the image that Dylan was merely just a pawn being manipulated by master uh, chessman he Eric He's basically retarded. According to the book, Dylan uh, was a guy who couldn't get laid and suffered from suicidal ideation. And well, he that was sounds just, familiar. I just remember his cringy depression notes. Oh, he coped by drinking vodka and browsing the internet. That's called living. I was going to say, that also sounds familiar. That's uh, not coping. That's just how we get through this fucking shit show <laughs> called life. His, his like, online code name they used on the website and shit was Vodka. Spelled, like, differently, like V-O capital D or some shit. It'd have been funnier if it was, like, School Shooter 66. So, <laughs> Dylan did keep uh, what I'll refer to as Dylan's gay-ass journal where he talked about trying to uh, spiritually purify himself by deleting doom from his computer, cutting back on the drinking, and not making fun of everyone. You know what that sounds like? Didn't work. Sounds like our boy David Wilcock. Uh, it also sounds like Dylan was a bully if he's writing in his journal that he needs to cut back on insulting people. Maybe he was just very aware of how his words were coming across. So his journal surprisingly showed him to be rather religious. Uh, he, he wrote about how he was a modern-day Job and that he believed his soul was eternal. Uh, everybody, everybody Dylan was just lonely. Everybody wants to be Job. He didn't fucking kill your family and turn your <laughs> wife into a pillar of salt. <laughs> you haven't suffered a fifth of what Job has. So here's a passage uh, from his journal that I think adequately summarizes where uh, Dylan was at his, in his life. Uh, I pulled this from page 195 of Columbine. Dear Slim, I Quote, wrote you, but you still ain't calling. <laughs> I, I left my, my Glock, my Tech 9, <laughs> and my shotgun at the bottom. I put two bullets in your daughter. <laughs> you must not have got it. Um, thinking, uh, this is from his journal, thinking of suicide gives me hope that I'll be in my place wherever I go after this life, that I'll finally not be at war with myself, the world, the universe, my mind, body, everywhere, everything, at peace, in all capitals, me, my soul, in parentheses, existence. I mean... Like I, I said, his journal was pretty gay. I mean, I think, like, peace is. <laughs> yeah, he, he did end up in a peace of some sort. Yeah, There maybe, was a piece of him over here and a piece of him over there. Maybe he should have just, like, gone to church. That's usually, like, pretty good for mental health. Uh, early on in his journal, he talks about how his, at the time, best friend Zach got a girlfriend... 
and about how they didn't hang out anymore. Fucking Zach. Fucking, fucking hanging out him. with that goddamn bitch all the time. Bros before hoes. Dylan also casually tossed in that he wouldn't mind uh, killing Zach's girlfriend so him and Zach could hang out again. Yeah, but killing was just code for fucking. Um, Probably. I gotta be honest, reading through these journals feels intrusive like i know these guys are serial killers but it's still i'm still reading a 15 year old's journal it is intrusive yeah You're like looking into a, their thoughts it's really weird it's i mean don't get me wrong like if these kids had grown up in this era they'd have tweeted this shit but yeah so in the journal he's talking about his su- uh, how he's suicidal and he talks about absolutely being in love with a girl uh Except he's never even spoken to her. I kind of think if your kid keeps a physical journal at this point, that should be a red flag. Ah, uh, this was the 90s. It was different. But yeah, he he talks like a fucking child throughout a lot of the journal. I mean, that's... was a fucking child. I was child. say, that's probably because he was a child. He doesn't seem to be a particularly well-developed one either. Eventually, it kind of progressed into him talking about wanting to get a gun and turn it on himself. Um... That would have made Unfortunately, this, he didn't stick with that I was way. about to say, this would have solved all these problems. We've said it in episodes before, but our our uh, our theory on if you're going to commit murder and then suicide, start with step two and then work your way to step one. Yeah, if you aren't even going to try to come up with an escape plan, then just kill yourself. Yeah, if you're going to go shoot a bunch of people and then shoot yourself, start with the second step and save us all a bunch of problems. And if you're murdering those women and raping their corpse, because they remind you of your mother, just go kill your mother and rape her corpse and get over with it. Okay, <laughs> Ed Kemper, that shit. Yeah, look, he had to be rational about it at a certain point. We should we should do an episode on Kemper at some point. I He's do fantastic, love Kemper. And there's some great audio we can pull from. Uh, uh, fuck the show on Netflix. Uh, Mine Hunter. Mine Hunter. Yeah. All right. So here's some uh, notes on Eric. Um, in his online chat room ramblings, he incessantly fantasized about being in a lone survivor type situation. And kept using the N-word. <laughs> where the rest of the world was wiped out, and he had a select group of others uh, with him to uh, fend for themselves. Did he write a script? Because that's also called Lord oh, of the Flies. God, I wish he wrote a script. There's I gotta wish be a sp- we had something. That's what they're not releasing. The only the only spree killer I know who wrote a script was uh, Cho Sung Wee. That's what's or that's Wee what, Sung Cho. Whatever. I'm telling you right now, that's what's in those files that they're not going to release till 2027. Hey, it's fucking 2020, bro. We only got we only got uh, 84 months left until we get those files. I'm not liking our chances of making it another seven years at the moment. So <laughs> Me neither. I think that one may go to the grave with everyone. Uh, Eric wrote a freshman English paper on the similarities between himself and Zeus. One noted similarity was that Zeus and I also get angry easily and punish people in unusual ways. Yeah, that's a red flag. Uh, A classmate stated that they got the impression that Eric and Dylan wanted to be looked at as outcasts. So that was like the sort of image they cultivated. They were that clique. We just have no friends, man. We're just too cool for everyone. We're just a bunch of people with no friends who hang out together. Look, look, we're just too smart for everybody else to handle, so we got to hang out on our own. (laughs) This this was funny. At this point, the boys had begun shopping at Hot Topic and Army Surplus Stores. Dear God, Hot Topic, where all of our school shooters go to figure out their plan. And then, this was funny to me, the Trenchcoat Mafia thing started when one of their acquaintances, a fella by the name of Eric Dutro, wanted to dress as Dracula for Halloween. 
bag. So, yeah. So he bought a trench coat and just kept wearing it after Halloween. Super fag. This led to other members of his friend group also buying trench coats, and eventually those guys got dubbed the Trench Coat Mafia. Now trendsetter. However, Eric and Dylan were not actually part of that friend group, therefore not part of the Trench Coat Mafia. They it, just made that poor fashion choice all on their own. They weren't even friends with the losers. <laughs> oh, so they Ouch. did have a friend group, though. They Ouch. did have friends. Did they? They had a solid, like, six-person friend group, which is more than I could say for myself. So maybe I'm, I got to shoot up a school. I mean, I guess friend to them is, like, the kids I'm not going to kill. <laughs> uh, in his sophomore year, Eric, Dylan, and their friend Zach would go out and vandalize the houses of kids that Eric didn't like. And this is sort of the first example of Eric's revenge fantasies crossing that line from fantasy to actual physical action. Remind me again what vandalism was, because that's a real wide ranging spectrum. Like, did they egg someone's house? Yeah, it was shit like that. Or did they, like, put something in their car that would make it explode? Mm, They did more extreme shit later, but a lot of it was, like, fucking key a car, throw fucking toilet paper at a house, throw eggs and shit. Spray-painted slurs on cars and garages. It was fucking high school vandalism shit. Okay. Uh, Dicks and shit. Eric also left behind a gay-ass journal and a gay-ass website. The gay-ass website is uh, super shitty and had, like, Andy Rooney-esque takes on it. I mean, it was a blog in 99. So this... Uh, fuck. Do kids not... Kids don't know who Andy Rooney is. Fuck they, no, they There don't. used to be a show called 60 Minutes, and there was an old guy who would complain a lot at the end. They probably are just like, ah, he meant to say Andy Dick, fucking dummy. <laughs> I, I think Andy Rooney plays for some soccer team. Um, so here's, here's some choice quotes from uh, Eric's website. You know what I hate? Country music. You Amen. know what I hate? R-rated movies on cable. My <laughs> my dog can do a better damn editing job than those tards. He also had uh, a list of enemies, <laughs> and the list of enemies included Tiger Woods. <laughs> I spent a long time oh. trying to figure out why, why Tiger Woods, what he had done to make the list. Um, so... I, I never found out. So He's if anyone a, knows, please let us know. I he, do not know why Tiger Woods is on the revenge list. He was just a big Phil Nicholson fan. Yeah, he really hated Tiger on that tear. Look, I too hate R-rated movies on cable. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible. I just wouldn't include that in my manifesto. There's a list of things I want to do. I want to shoot a bunch of people. Uh, we got to clean up R-rated movies on cable. See, why couldn't and he then have- also? Why couldn't he have just seized on the editing that he seemed to enjoy? Like, you could have lived your life fixing those shitty movies. So, in addition to Tiger Woods, um, which, once again, never explained why he was on there, the list also had more mundane shit, uh, his his enemy list, that is, of things like Girls Who Rejected Me and all of Western culture and the human species, which I I feel like that kind of... Covers everyone. He's pretty much the genesis of a lot of these tropes. I mean, it's fucking he's, teenager shit. It's angsty teenage shit. I was going to say, he's teenage angst in human form. Yeah, it's everyone thinks they're smarter than everyone else and that they're the ones who know how to solve the problems and, and no one else gets it but them. Well, it's just the classical kid who decides he's an atheist at like 16 
And but then God's has to not have, real, bro. And has to have all these contrarian points and opinions, and he has to always win the conversation. Yeah, so much like Dylan, Eric seemed to sort of lack the eloquence to properly present his ideas. Uh, his ideas basically boil down to, like, people, bad, dumb, me, good. Uh, it's about as deep as he got. Um, in his diary, he wrote, I feel like God. I am higher than almost anyone in the fucking world in terms of universal intelligence. So, yeah, that's pretty much like right out of the psychiatric textbook. Yeah, the the narcissistic. Uh, yeah, yeah, those go beyond teenage whining and whimsy. That's just a warning sign. So, in addition to that, what what other evidence was left behind? What did the cops possibly? How how did the cops not? catch this in time there there must have just been no evidence right i'm Let's sure go into that. they covered their tracks pretty well the cops had discovered 12 pages on eric's website which contained all the shit i just talked about including threats to kill people but at, what point font at <laughs> at one point he had gotten to an argument with his friends uh his friend brooks so eric posted brooks address and other info and told people to uh harass him so oh he, shit he, he doxed him he invented doxing he doxed him in like 97 yo is no one giving this kid credit for that that has to be one of the earliest cases now interestingly enough the cops actually had obtained all this evidence two years before the shooting it did nothing about it. It's on a website, yeah. They, they found the URL. They had been directed to this evidence by Brooks's parents, who thought Eric was dangerous and posed a threat to them. But uh, they thought it was a chain email and got to their spam <laughs> folder, yeah. so if they missed it. Forward this to three other people so your children do, don't get shot in a massacre. That's why the investigation was delayed. So Brooks's parents had actually called the cops 15 fucking times on Eric and had a report indicating that they had even met with an investigator the cops said they were lying and that that never happened that's uh, always a you know i always take their word they don't lie that often yeah um so the cops knew that having not acted on the info was a bit of a bad luck so they did what any good cop would do um they lied you know this actually <laughs> does have some striking similarities in the ineptness of the parkland to what's response. going on yeah well no I mean, the parkland response specifically because they did a similar thing where there was the one cop there who was too much of a bitch to go in. Yeah. So then they ended up just waiting outside for like 45 minutes. And then and they finally went in. But the kid had already left. The kid left. That <laughs> retard walked away. He was able to catch like an Uber. To be honest, I think Parkland was worse. Because that kid was literally autistic. And he just walked away and took an Uber to go get a meal. These kids were actually smart and... Yeah, the the cops yeah. are just so so bad at these. So the cops lied. Uh, they used the info from Eric's website to obtain the search warrants executed on the day of the actual shooting, and from there on, there on out, they just denied they had ever seen the website and suppressed the search warrants from public uh, record. I'm sure so people couldn't see how they got the search warrants. I'm sure one of the lawyers got in their ear and said, hey, you guys realize you're liable for all of this, right? It gets worse for the cops. 13 months, 13 months before the massacre, uh, Sheriff Investigator John Hicks and Mike Guerra had followed up on one of Brooks's parents' complaints and found evidence that Eric was building pipe bombs. They found enough evidence that they had actually been prompted into drafting an affidavit for a search warrant, but the investigation stopped there. The drafted warrant was never showed to a judge, so no search ever occurred. 
Boys will be boys. Um, on a side note, at this point, it was also noted that Eric's dad was aware of the fact that Eric was making pipe bombs. Look, he was going to make a great soldier. Once again, 13 months before the fucking shooting. He thought he was just training for the army. Now, the local cops knew they had fucked up really badly once again, so they did what all noble cops do. Sprinkle some crack on him. They they lied again. They, they, they held a meeting between just themselves uh, and excluded the feds. How are we going to handle this, boys? And they talked about if they should talk about the drafted search warrant. They decided no, and no one found out about the meeting until Investigator uh, Guerra was finally forced to convince to Colorado Attorney General in March of 2004. Jesus. Um, God bless our legal system. One last little note. Ten days after the murders occurred and the cops had lied about literally everything, Investigator Guerra's file on Eric, you'll never believe this, it disappeared What a coincidence. Just like the records from 9-11? Also, coincidentally, after a follow-up inquiry in 2004, it was determined all copies, both physical and electronic, of Guerra's file had been destroyed in the summer of 1999. I'm sure that was a clerical error. How random. You know, Um, it was her first day on the job. She didn't know what she was doing. The police weren't the only ones who fucked up, although they fucked up the worst. Um... In 1997, Eric had written an English paper on school shootings and noted that bringing a gun to school would be just as easy as bringing in a calculator. He was not wrong. By today's standards, if you write that, you're definitely getting a talking to. But back then, it was uh, live and let live. Oh, I bet you if I went and tweeted that right now, my tweet would probably get removed. Well, to prove this point, a year after the shootings, there was a rumor that an acquaintance of the boys made reference to the fact that he was going to, quote, finish the job. That was all he had said. He had said he was going to finish the job. That would have been rad that if they That was had enough to get his house raided by the police. He was arrested. Uh, the cops found a notebook with a diagram of the school and notes where kids talked about being suicidal and, uh, or where the kid, I'm sorry, the singular is one person. The kid talked about being suicidal and lamenting, not helping Dylan and Eric. This kid wanted to turn his car into a bomb, crash into the school and blow it up. See, now that's thinking outside the box. He was later released. He ended up in a box, though. He was later released after seven weeks in jail and was sentenced to the same one-year juvenile diversion program Eric and Dylan had gone through. Oh, we all know that worked. Seven weeks. I'm sure that was hell. Uh, Damn, that would have been a good move. If you put gasoline in the trunk... And just crash it into the And you just school. crash that motherfucker? That's like a fucking Arab with a plane. It's a, it's a bomb that you can drive. Yeah, so I don't have a name for uh, that kid because he was a juvenile at the time, but that can sort of be seen as the beginning of the zero-tolerance policy that we see today. Fuck, it would have been so rad if he had gone and taken out some more people as vengeance. I didn't include in this, but there were, immediately after the shooting, there was a bunch of uh, shootings that kind of got foiled as a result of people I mean, taking I, this shit seriously. Yeah, now. I guess when you take like five minutes to check, it's pretty clear. Hey, did your kid do a diary entry about murdering <laughs> his classmates hey, recently? Is your kid buying guns and building yeah. pipe bombs in his room? Does he ask you what caliber can kill the most <laughs> people frequently? So why why did the kids do it? Um, why did the kids lie? <laughs> 
I just don't know why the kids would lie. Motive and background. Um, and this is from the perspective of uh, the FBI and Colin. So figuring out motive, this was an issue that fell to the to doctor and FBI agent. I don't know how to say his fucking last name. It's spelled F-U-S-E-L-I-E-R. Fuselier is, Fusel? Fuselier is what I've heard, so that's what I'm going with. But uh, my bad if I'm fucking up. Fuselier. Fuselier. Fuse. Fuck, fuck it. Just H call and him, F. Just call him Mr. Fuse. He was, uh, he was the only qualified psychologist on the case. And the issue of motive um, sort of repeatedly nod away at him until he decided to just sort of take the plunge and figure out what it was that truly drove Eric and Dylan to go on their rampage. They're really gay. So Agent uh, Fuselier poured over Eric and Dylan's gay-ass journals as well as the basement tapes. And now, oh, now we come to their tapes. The, the P tapes. I watched their tapes. They're, they're pretty rad. They They're are pretty rad. so fucking boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they are for like every thirty seconds where something cool is said. There's like two and a half hours of dribble. Oh, I got a breakdown here. Um, so the actual basement tapes, like where they're literally sitting in a basement and it's set up like a fucking public access talk show. Like, isn't scorch. that a, isn't that a Nas mixtape title? <laughs> public access talk show. No, the basement tapes. Oh. I don't know. I feel like that's a mix. If not, it should be. All right. If that's not, I claim it. Everybody is witness. I have claimed the basement tapes. So uh, they they set up like this shitty talk show set and do Look, exactly what you expect, which is they drink Jack Daniels and just rant about hating the world. Yo, they were trying to pod, bro. They, they were fucking pioneers, <laughs> man. They're they, doing what we're doing right now, bro. They were just trying to get a show going. Fuck. Except I can't buy guns. And I don't, I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they brag about how easy it is to uh, build the bombs, which uh, turns out to be a bit of a premature celebration on that one. Bro, like, it's it's not even uh, hard to make a bomb. I could totally do it. I just imagine that as, like, the one where the, the, the NFL player is, like, holding the ball out as he's returning the interception. Someone strips it from yeah. him before he scores. Or he's that, dancing and drops it before he hits the end zone. Yeah, yeah. that was the, that was the uh, bomb equivalent of that. Uh in this tape, Eric says he likes his parents and that this is going to devastate them. Dylan said he appreciated his parents, but also blamed them for being the ones to put the rage into him. What a tool. If you're going to go out, at least don't, like, denigrate the people before you leave. <laughs> hey, by the way, you're going to have to pay for this, and you were shitty parents. It's your fault. After the actual basement tapes, there's a whole... Lot of nothing. There are the sort of secondary tapes, which are an hour and 36 minutes long, and a whole lot of it could have been a cut. Like, the first 15 minutes of them is just of them going to get fast food. Yeah, what did you want, man? Like, uh, number number four? Uh, secondly, I have to point out that, like, a lot of the identities in this footage have been redacted, so I really can't give you any more than Eric and Dylan were there, like everyone else is blurred out. It'd be funnier if they just asked like the person at that fast food place and was like, were they acting suspicious that day? Well, they they told me they were going to shoot a bunch of kids, but I don't know, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> they They go to school and they videotape one of them opening a locker 
presumptive like it's completely useless footage like clearly symbolic of some sort of uh mythical manifestation it was obviously. more numerology i should yeah. have paid attention to what his locker combo what was. message were they sending by opening this locker and then they film like their own version of natural born killers there's this like they they do this half-assed car chase scene where they chase a friend through the city before before he bails and runs on foot and the boys fake arresting him. Uh, they also film a skit where an uh, unidentified teen is being bullied and then Eric and Dylan show up wearing trench coats and promise protection to the student for a fee of $1,000. This seems to be a recurring theme as the boys have two more similar skits where they, bully, they serve as a bully hitman. Did he call those a skit? Because that doesn't sound funny. He did not. Uh, skit is my my choice of words. Because that doesn't really. That just sounds like they're uh, like sticking someone up for money. Pretty much. So in this uh, skit. I guess that's funny in a sense. I, I don't really get it. <laughs> in this skit, after they talk with the boy and they agree on the money, uh, the next scene is the boy shooting what I presume to be the bully. They don't explain it. And then. It ends with the boys deciding to kill the kid who originally came to them for help. That's a rad anti-bullying PSA. <laughs> yeah, they should have used that that's in the some, aftermath. That's some good... Look, if you want to scare people into not fucking with those nerds, fucking put that out and be like, this is what's going to happen every time you call them gay. So, uh, furthermore, in these tapes, there's just, there's more scenes of the boys wearing trench coats, walking around and pretending to shoot people. The, aud <laughs> the audio is fucking terrible dude like, dude how cool do i look pew, 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 pew. that's the other thing they look like such fucking dweebs Nah, they look so rad they, man they should have been bullied more yeah why they literally chose the worst clothing item to the associate the gayest thing they could possibly wear the only thing i think of when i think of a black trench coat is a flasher <laughs> yeah the only person who's ever pulled off a black trench coat is fucking neo yeah, Neo and Flashers. Uh, there's, like, these weird wrestling-style promos the boys do where they, like, look directly into the camera and talk Listen, about how... brother, yeah, we're going to shoot those kids, <laughs> and I'm going to shoot those teachers, and it's going to be all my parents' fault. Hulkamania's going to say the N-word and shoot some <laughs> religious teens in a library. Those bullies had it coming, brother. Uh, senseless teenage shenanigans run throughout these tapes. There's little kips... Uh, Kips, clips of them breaking bikes, uh, doing burnouts in cars, lighting shit and fire. It'd be funny if in the report there was like, and then we watched another clip and it was not bad actually, you know, we kind of enjoyed <laughs> it. We all had a good laugh. It was pretty funny. Uh, the weirdest part of the tapes was there was like a normal high school conversation between Eric and two other blurred out faces in what looks like the cafeteria. Uh, nothing crazy. But it's kind of creepy to think that they were just going around filming the mundane goings-on of the school, knowing, like, in the next day or two, they were going to shoot these people. I yeah. think I think this tape was sort of, like, recon. I mean, to be honest, do you know how cool these this would have been if these kids did this in this era with cell phones? Yo, we would have had every moment of this documented. Oh, yeah. Like on video. We, we already these, almost do. Yeah, because these kids are clearly the type to have done that. Like, oh, my God, the amount of footage we would have had. They would have live streamed this event from two separate angles. Of course, I wonder if that days, if, if or these days, if that gets you caught sooner. Maybe. If they were putting it out, like, on Twitter too much, probably. But if they were just taking the videos on their phone, 
you could probably get away with it. I don't know. If any kids out there try it, let me know if that strategy works so I can cross it off or underline it. Uh, so I'd like to reiterate, their their skits are shit, and I'm glad they're dead. Um, there's one yeah. point where they they're trying to film a scene in a car with no microphones, and all the windows are rolled down. Wow! So they're driving, and you can hear talking, but yeah, that's all you hear is. Yeah, we're gonna. So that's clearly the same oversight that led to their bombs um, failing. Yeah, and not to nitpick their filmmaking ability, but at one point they're playing Hitman, who have to get into a house and eliminate the threat. They're playing Hitman, sounds like they're and, 10. And when they walk through the kitchen with all the, the prop guns and shit, someone's mom is just, like, sitting at the table, not paying attention to like, They are kids. They're fucking children. Boys, what are you doing? Yeah. We're playing Hitman. We're playing murder kids. Okay, go assassinate the criminal. Yeah. It it was just so bizarre that they're trying to act all tough and badass, and some guy's like mom is just reading the newspaper at their coffee table. Put your hands in the air, lady. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be honest, it's not. It's it's really hard to believe that not one person was like, "Hey, you guys are a little too comfortable with those guns." It was the Brown family. They and, did it fifteen fucking times. And uh, who plays Hitman? Nothing happened. I played cops and Indians once, but. Cops. Or cowboy, cowboys and Indians. <laughs> You're just mixing games. Eh, the cowboys are pretty much cops, same <laughs> difference. But uh, I never played Hitman. Hitman uh, 3 coming out on PS5. Maybe um, that was way more fun, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to be honest, these videos were a complete waste of time. I learned absolutely fucking nothing from them. Yeah, it's a real shocker that these kids weren't funny. Yeah, uh, besides the obvious connection to them loving natural born killers, it's I take that really back. just shitty bootleg skits. Yeah, I mean, they're hilarious, just they didn't intend it that way. Yeah, uh, it's not until the final three minutes of the the hour and 36 minutes of those secondary tapes that the boys are shown shooting real guns in the woods. Well, they gotta save the best for last. So, Agent Fuselier does all this grand analysis. He reads the boys' diaries, he reads the website, he watches the tapes. My clinical take... They were pretty gay. Well, uh, not too far off. After all this, his grand assessment uh, based was based off a statement Eric had written down. That statement was, I hate the fucking world. Fuselier chalked that up to an all-pervasive hate that would explain the shooting spree. I'm not quite sure he needed a doctorate in psychology to reach that conclusion. Five words? That five words was enough? The guy who said, I hate the fucking world, that, that was, was it. That was the sentence he found the most pertinent? Yeah. All right, maybe maybe <laughs> some of these hard sciences have a point when they are saying that uh, some of the soft sciences... Psychology are, and sociology are kind get, of bullshit sometimes. They're getting a little loose with uh, their expertise. Eric's gay-ass journal did provide some more insight. Official quote. Yeah, on his uh, thoughts, but most of it came off just like we've been talking about, just fucking angsty teenage meanderings. The officer was too depressed to keep watching. However, Eric's hatred of dumb people and love of explosions finally clicked in his fucking stupid head. He decided he could use bombs to punish people. Damn. On his website, he wrote about detonating bombs with vodka, who, as we mentioned before, that was uh, Dylan's code name. Uh, these so-called bombs were, in reality, like the small nitrous cans you used to do whippets. 
that had like a hole drilled them and they put gunpowder in it. So not really bombs. He was setting off like firecrackers. They're Ch- children. Gasoline is cheap and it <laughs> always sets fire once you put a match to it. So where are we? Uh, Agent Fuselier narrowed down the two boys' profiles and viewed Dylan as an extreme depressive who self-medicated with alcohol. I mean, I feel you. I feel uh, like that's a pretty uh, that that assessment could apply to like half the country. However, murder that derived from depressive killers didn't typically manifest itself in the style of spree killing. Uh, and this is kind of where Fuselier decided that. Dylan wasn't a man of action. He was just a depressed bitch. Now, but that depressed bitch had been taken under the wing of the alpha faggot yeah. that was Eric Harris, and uh-huh. Eric was a man of action. He was a man of action. So God in Dylan's right. journal, as uh, as mentioned before, he frequently ruminated on, on thoughts of suicide. He had uh, mentioned killing once before in a sort of obtuse way, but the second time he mentioned killing, it was specifically spree killing. Huh. He talked about saying that, quote, a friend, you, you hear those papers? That's Alex, research. You got Alex Jones it. I need, get, give me my document cam. Wait, no, look, I love the crew, but you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm just a little hard to deal with, even when they fuck up, <laughs> they fucking ruin everything. All right, so the quote was, uh, a friend will get me a gun, I'll go on my killing spree against anyone I want. Lax gun laws right there. No, a friend will give me one. This was written a year and a half prior to the attacks, and the insinuation here is that, of course, it was Eric who had planted that seed in Dylan. Literally, he planted his seed in Dylan's asshole. Oh, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Gay shit. Gay shit. Uh, Fuselier's assessment of Eric was that he was a psychopath. Psychopaths are typically noted for two traits. One, their complete disregard for those around them. And the second trait is the they possess the ability to conceal that first trait quite well. Third trait is they're pretty fucking cool. Yeah, they're fucking rad. Except when they wear trench coats and film bad skits. Oh, that trench coat. Or, uh, I guess to put psychopaths another way, they're, they're egocentrics with a failure of empathy. They're either doctors or murderers. Psychopaths are, however, not to be confused as completely devoid of emotion. They frequently develop a limited palette of emotions, and those emotions typically tie back to their own welfare in some fashion. So they develop selfish-based emotions. they care about their own shit. So these emotions, they would include things like anger, frustration, rage. Um, Good old rage. But what pushed the boys to kill? What made them do it? Did the guns make them do it? How did the guns talk them into it? Colin gives two separate instances, uh, or instances, if you speak English, unlike me. Um, number one, Eric made the jump to murder on January 30th, 1998, when he had his wrist shackled by Dep- uh, Deputy Walsh. He didn't like the way that made him feel. Eric was deemed to have killed for two reasons, to demonstrate his superiority and to enjoy it. But what inspired Dylan to kill? Dylan's murder tipping point apparently came a year after Eric in February of 99. The two had agreed upon the April shooting spree a year prior, so uh, Dylan knew it was coming. In his gay-ass journal, Dylan wrote a short story about a man who happened to kind of look like himself who killed for vengeance and amusement. The story had him pondering how murder would feel, and he described it as the 
emotion of God. That's pretty deep, bro. Yeah, fucking rad. Vodka. He was a super deep thinker. Vodka is uh, he's a modern day. He's got uh, some real points there, prophet. man. Vodka really just had a deep insight into people. Alone, neither of the boys may have killed, but when formed into uh, was two people, a dyad instead of a three people, it's a triad. Two people, it's a dyad. It's a duo. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with dyad because it's got a die right in it. Call it a duet because it really is musical. So they uh, they form this dyad and they push each other. Uh, We've seen this sort of murderous dyad dynamic before in. Shit like Bonnie and Clyde or the two DC snipers. Dyad sounds like an ugly rock. <laughs> yeah, it's an ugly geode. However, uh, these sort of dyad partnerships tend to be asymmetrical in terms of power. In this case, the conclusion Colin wants us to derive is that Eric was a psychopath who controlled the power of the group, and Dylan was kind of like his bitch sidekick who continually put fuel in Eric's tank to keep. Him moving towards the ultimate goal. That means coming his ass. (laughs) Eric was in control, but he was still fueled by Dylan agreeing with his ideals, I suppose. He needed a yes man. Now, usually psychiatrists refrain from... Yeah, he needed like his Flavor Flav. Yeah, it's Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Yeah, he had a giant bomb strapped around his neck. (laughs) Flavor Flav! Uh, usually psychiatrists refrain from diagnosing the youth as psychopaths, but in this instance, when, uh, Fuselier presented his case in front of other FBI agents and psychiatrists, he was met with agreement. Look, it's kind of like kids who are really, really gay, really early on. You can, you, you don't can tell. Usu- you don't usually rule it that early, but sometimes you can just tell. Yeah, sometimes you can tell at 12. Yeah, like if your kid is outside murdering squirrels... You should probably call somebody if if they're on that uh, what, the uh, the McDonald triad yeah. of the torturing animals, lighting shit on fire. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, Fuse later saw the boys arrest for breaking into that van as the sort of uh, dam breaking incident from which all other actions flowed. Eric uh, was an individual who kept track of perceived injustices against him. And the fallout from getting caught breaking into a van allowed those injustices to pile up rather quickly. Sounds quickly. like sounds like Michael Jordan. Yeah, and ultimately lead to his revenge plan. Yeah, when I got caught in that van, it was over. I I, I just realized I don't even think I've described the van incident. Uh, they essentially just got it was like uh, a city van or something. It was in like a dump. Yeah, they got caught breaking the windows and trying to go into like steal a computer or some shit. Yeah, it wasn't even anything good. No. Um, let's see. Here. Eric was also a bit of a Nazi. Not not full blown, but he he wrote a paper on Nazis killing look, Jews. Look look look! Hitler had some points, you know. I mean, look. <laughs> have you read the book? Okay. Uh, hey, he had a speech from uh, Heinrich Himmler hanging up in his room. Yeah, this is what I mean by the contrarian stereotype right here. The this is actually, you know what this is? This is the birth of incel nation. Yeah. <laughs> He also wore clothes with German uh, phrases and had a penchant for yelling Sig Heil and drawing swastikas on his papers. Eric also began to fantasize about how he would come back as a ghost to haunt all those he killed. He wanted to figure out a specific noise to trigger flashbacks, which you, I appreciated. That's a f- I've never heard that before. Do you think that's he a meant new one. literal ghost or like just a haunting memory? 
No, he meant literal, like, how do I come back as a ghost corporeal, to haunt... A corporeal ghost. Like a fucking... The Ghostbusters need to be called ghost. All right. Look, if you're not going to have an ex- escape plan, I'd say guess... I guess that's the ne- next best thing, is that you're going <laughs> to come back, back as, as a ghost. <laughs> at least you plan a way to really rub the crime in. Uh, as I mentioned before, I... T- I Definitely takes some issue with Colin's work when it comes to motive. He he kind of writes that he writes that planning the shooting was quote nothing but a diversion to uh, to Dylan fantasy chats with his buddy about what they would like to do. Dylan didn't believe it. He didn't plan to go through with it. Um, of course, this doesn't make sense because uh, he. He went through with it. I was about to say, that's all <laughs> that's, a good assessment until the part where he did it. Yeah, until the part where he uh, goes through with it, I guess. Because that's kind of where, oh, maybe it wasn't just a fantasy. Yeah. Also, uh, there's the whole issue of there being zero evidence that he didn't want to do it. He yeah. He pres- provide any... The book's fucking 500 pages. I don't remember reading anything about why he wouldn't have wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean, he was suicidal. This is an easy way to kill yourself without having to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's just suicide with extra steps. Eric's motive is a little more clear with him just wanting to sort of cause as much terror as possible in his journal. He, he spoke was, uh, of uh, students being his audience and worried that they wouldn't understand his performance. Yeah, he was like young Joker. Kind of. Like if the joke, like if he had escaped this whole thing and like he'd made it like he'd actually manipulated Dylan into being like at the end I'm gonna shoot you in the head and you're gonna hold both guns and you're gonna take the fall (laughs) for this yeah and he escaped and then like eventually turned into the Joker like that's a good Joker origin story right there now leading up to the shooting both the boys went about maintaining their cover in completely opposite ways Eric's grades actually improved leading up to this and his relationship with his teachers uh, also improved. Whereas Dylan just completely stopped giving a fuck. Do you think that's why the bombs were put off until the day of? Is Eric, <laughs> who was the one making them, was so busy trying to keep up his cover? His schoolwork and yeah, the, that maintaining he, a sense of normalcy to that, his parents? That he couldn't practice the bomb. So Dylan stopped showing up at all. He was, he, he was fucking failing Jim just because he was not showing up. Uh, Eric seemed to want to make sure nothing would stop him before the date, and Dylan just seemed to have completely stopped giving a fuck Look, vod- at all, and he's just going to do whatever he wanted. Look, old vodka was hitting the bottle a little hard. And funnily enough, Dylan's uh, diversion officer from when they broke into that van, so they got they got a year of uh, like juvenile di- diversion. Uh, White kid shit. During this time, Dylan's diversion officer... Uh, reminded him that if he didn't straighten up, he would be facing multiple felonies in prison time. You want to get raped in jail, son? Because that's what's going to happen if you don't straighten up. So I found I found it funny that uh, the officer was telling a guy about to commit thirteen murders that uh, he if he didn't get his act together, he might go to prison. Yeah, that kid just went. Oh, okay. So I'm definitely killing myself. So all this being said, what what have we learned about school shooters? Uh, we've learned pretty much fuck all. Actually, the only two statistically significant things are that the vast majority are male and that they plan it out ahead of time. I'd say medication is in there, but I don't know if That's I know. True. I know Dylan was, I believe, on antidepressants at a point, but I don't believe Eric, Eric was, was medicated. Uh, Eric was on Luvox and he would oh, go he was, in okay. and out. Of, we'll, we'll go into that in the conspiracy section here. 
Uh, I don't actually really think that's a conspiracy at this point. I don't think so, yeah. Like, those drugs make you do weird shit, fucked up people with a drug that makes you do weird shit. Like, it's a pretty easy equation to I put th- together. Well, we'll have that conversation in a second. Um, so, a study was done where they looked at school shooters and all kinds of other variables. Race, economic bath- background, uh, whether or not they came from a two-parent home... And all that shit, and none of that was found to be statistically significant. I suspect a wide diversity of color amongst these shooters, right? Shockingly, according to the research, yes. How many shooting, how many people shot do they qualify as a school shooting? I think any shooting on campus qualifies as a school shooting. And then it's got to be three or more to be a spree killing. So there's a lot of black inner city schools in this equation. Uh, Maybe, maybe. Okay. We don't know that. Maybe the, the Ashkenazi Jews are... Well, because the ones that get attention are all white. Yeah. They're all white, non-antidepressants. So pretty much the only thing we can actually say is nine out of ten times, the guy who's going to shoot you at school is going to have a penis. That's about the most... I'd honestly say it's more like nine and a half out of ten times. Yeah, there... I can't think of a well single I, I school think, shooting by a female off the top of my head. I think girls at that age tend to be more they hurt um, themselves not others well that and they're more emotionally sadistic they'd rather like spread rumors that you like let someone fuck you in the ass or something and call you a slut like that's more fun for them they're just (laughs) which is way more mean than just killing someone but uh yeah it's almost always a white teenage male who was either uh not laid or made fun of and sometimes both yeah now Let's get to the fun part, the conspiracies. I was, well, I mean, not really, because I've looked at it before, but surprisingly, there is very little in the way of conspiracies. Uh, Everything after the shooting, every school shooting after this was essentially labeled a false flag and attempt to take our guns by all the the conspiracy media. It's clear why, because Alex Jones wasn't really Alex Jones until, what, 2003? Uh, he had a show going. No, ninety nine. He was big. I know he was on, but I don't think he was known widely enough. Two thousand one was when he got his nine eleven prediction. Yeah, so that was his he big talked break. about nine eleven for the most part, but he didn't opt into the false flag uh, school shootings until like two thousand three, two thousand four. But in terms of the conspiracy community, most people seem to agree that this did happen. I think a lot of that those kids. Did die, I concede. I th- I think there's just so much evidence left behind that people find it hard to believe the FBI would fabricate. They documented the living shit out of this crime. All these tapes and all these diaries, and then they would have the footage from, the li- uh, not the library, but the cafeteria. Well, like- this is where the Eric kid does show some signs of the all-time great serial killers in that they usually leave something behind to take credit for their crime. They want to be famous. Yeah, they want people to know what they did, how they did, to show that they're smarter. Oh, they talked about that in the basement tapes. They, yeah. they The boys, like, gleefully talked about, like, oh, movie makers are going to be all over this. Everyone's going to want to do our story. Oh, bro, we're going to get such a fucking rad biopic. Like, who do you want to play you? Like, I like Matthew McConaughey. I think there was a movie... Kind of based, uh, there's a school shooting movie called like White Elephant, 
and then there's I Call think one wine. more. <laughs> there's there's one more loosely based on it. I um, want Roger Waters. Conspiracy wise, uh, <laughs> there. There was, of course, the very famous blaming of Marilyn Manson's music, which obviously had fucking nothing to do with it. Definitely his fault. The Although, bo- definitely helped him sell albums. The boys, I don't even think, listen to Marilyn Manson. They listen to, like, German metal. So, <laughs> where's my auto Yeah, I was going to say, turn the auto back on. But, um, yeah, so that that was just fucking stupid. That, they were blaming... Marilyn Manson is mainstream. We don't really listen to that type of stuff. He's, uh, you know, not underground enough for us. Uh, but this was, fuck, what was I going to say? This was kind of at the time, too, when Eminem was really getting hit hard for his lyrics and violence. Now that, they might trigger violence. That whole, that whole label was. In, uh, what video is it? It's, uh, fuck, the... 99 would have been the Marshall Mathers LP. No, I know. It's the... Criminal? Kill I, you? I sit back with this pack of zigzags and this bag of this weed and it gives me, me this... It needed uh, to be the uh, most heated MC on this surf. And what this, the fuck's the name of that song? Oh, fuck, man. I could almost wrap the whole thing. Because the I, lyric is, and they blame it on Marilyn and the heroin looks at, like he had Marilyn White, Manson. White America? No, White no. America was Eminem show. Fuck, fuck me. Now I need to know this. Uh... Shit. Uh, uh, say I am. What is what, it? Whatever you say I am. Whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, then why would they say I am? In the papers, the news, every day I am. Oh, I know. It's just the way I am. Is it, is it called just I, the I way I am? I think that is it. All right. Anyways, now that we've solved that mystery. All right. At least I can remember the fucking lyrics. We both know the verse, so. Yeah, I feel good about that. But yeah, so this was when he was catching heat. Uh, he brought Marilyn Manson into the music video. So that was being blamed. Violent video games were blamed. This was the origin of that. Especially Doom. This was like the first um, the first version of It's the Video Games. Oh, yeah. And this one has, ironically enough, of all the conspiracies, the Violent Video Games one does kind of have the most credibility is Eric uh, wrote in his journal about how he can't feel bad and he just has to cause as much destruction as possible. Um, And he writes, I must not be sidetracked by my feelings of sympathy, mercy, or any of that. I will force myself to believe that everyone is just another monster from doom. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those situations where Alex Jones is actually on the money when he says, that most of these, like, first-person shooters were just developed by the Army to train soldiers. There like, was, they're, they're literal training simulations for armed combat. There's There was literally that game America's Army back in the day that yeah. they gave away for free. Yeah, like, Call of Duty is literally just what the Army used to use to train. So, like, yeah, there's obviously a correlation there. You, you you're, get to desensitize yourself from people you learn that you need to reload the gun to keep shooting. <laughs> like, there's some very practical things you get taught. Now, I unfortunately couldn't confirm this part of the rumor, but it makes sense. There was a rumor that uh, the boys had actually built, like, Columbine as a Doom map to, like, practice where they oh, would they did be like going. A, a mod in the game? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wasn't able to confirm that, but that's that's something that's been tossed out there. I'm sure if you look for if they made a mod for that, somebody has it. Um so as man now there was actually a video game that was like Pokemon graphic style where you like went to the school and shot everyone that caught a lot of fucking heat at the time. That sounds pretty fun. 
you can still find it on uh, online. You can can someone run it through like the new like graphics engine so I can really enjoy it? But yeah, it it caught a lot of heat. I, I wish we were at a moment in society where we could make a hyper-realistic game where you get to plot and carry out a school shooting. They're out there. I can't remember the name of the game, but it got, yeah, but they get they got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. They get pulled. You couldn't let people really enjoy it. Uh, Conspiracy-wise, what else? As mentioned before, there was the multiple shooter conspiracy. That's easily disproven. Um, there was uh, talk of people saw a shooter on the roof. It wasn't a shooter. It was a guy who, unfortunately, was tasked with working on the AC unit that day. So oh, what a bummer. This, this poor bastard's up there, and then below him, bombs are going off and shit. I, I guess at least he was in the best position to not get shot, but it also must have... I wonder if it was hot. That's a shitty place to get stuck for four hours. Yeah, that's uh, that's a rough day on the job. Um, now, here we go with the SSRI shit. So there was a story about how... Eric had been talking with a Marine recruiter, but was rejected for being on Luvox. Luvox is a SSRI. Yeah, they don't let you in the army so, if you're on crazy pills. Uh, uh, being on Luvox. That uh, so Eric was taking Luvox in an attempt to control his anger. The theory, this conspiracy theory, went that Eric had been rejected from the Marines for being on Luvox. So he decided to go off his meds and reapply, and because he was off his meds, his anger wasn't in check, and he decided to carry out the attack. The only problem with this theory is that Eric was actually unaware he would be rejected by the Marines at the time of his death, and also when a full toxicology screen was carried out, Luvox was found in his system, meaning he had been taking it. So he was still on the pills. Uh, I guess this is pre-Google being particularly popular because you could have figured that out within like five minutes. But yeah, now, the do, only... we, do we have the conversation here about do SSRIs cause school shootings? Well, I mean, first of all, the right. only thing worse than chicken or the egg, the only thing worse than going on them when you're already flirting with shooting people is then just stopping cold turkey. Because uh, I can only talk about my personal experiences briefly taking SSRIs, and they drove me pretty batty. They, uh, they oh, made yeah, me I do went a, nuts when I took SSRIs. They made me do some, some pretty wild shit, and if you're getting prescribed those, you're not in a pretty good situation as it is, so no. I don't think they're causing it, but I think it's a pretty, like, obvious connection. I mean, I think it's just, of course they're going to be on it, the... Happy people don't go shoot up schools. Yeah, I mean, this is, once again, I don't remember who said it. It might have been Joe Rogan, but, like, we have a mental health crisis disguised as a gun problem. Yeah, yeah, that was Rogan. Yeah, yeah, like, which is, like, that's incredibly accurate. Like, it's not, it's just that guns cause the most damage and they're easy to get. It's not that the guns are helping them do it. These kids would have killed way more people without a gun if their bombs had worked. Although I do think it interesting that... <clears throat> So suicide is a side effect of SSRIs, a very common one. Yeah, it's the most ironic uh, yeah. side effect of any drug is the drug for uh, depression can cause more depression. And from what I've read, part of the reason for that is because the people get on it and they finally start feeling good enough to be active. Like they feel like they don't want to lay in bed all day. Yeah, and they, normal. They finally work up the energy to kill themselves, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Today so, is a good day to do it. Yeah, so maybe... That optimism kills. 
I would say maybe that could play a part in the shooting, but it was planned out year like a year and a half in advance. So, yeah, I don't know how long the other shooters were on SSRIs because, yeah, after about six months, like you would probably stop seeing any real harsh side effects. Yeah. You'd only keep taking it, assuming it was working at that point. Yeah. But uh, depending on what was actually wrong with them, like it just made me manic as fuck. I didn't fucking sleep at all on that shit. Which, uh, word to the wise, if you take SSRIs and you go manic, it means you're probably bipolar. Yeah, so yeah. It made me get figure Get yourself out, on more meds. It was a real, uh, yeah, they figured out real quick, like, all right, well, we should probably take you off those. I did the right thing, which is I just stopped taking all medication and have substituted it with, uh, Drugs. Ah, but in Utah, the prescriptions <laughs> run a plenty. It is the land of they milk and ice, free. and they are cheap. But yeah, I mean, it's just too blatantly clear that there's a connection between the drugs and school shooting because even a depressed and bullied kid isn't going to rationally think like I should shoot everybody at the now, school. Remember, they weren't really bullied that much. They were perceived bullying. Yeah, they were sort of bullied. It was just, I think they they took things very personally. Yeah. Oh, so I think every this... slight was multiplied by magnitudes. Yeah, it's Michael Jordan syndrome. But I think yeah. this happens with most of these shooters. Is I don't now some of them are fucked with pretty good, but for the most part, I think they just take a lot of shit personally for no real reason, and it just eventually builds up because most of these kids aren't quite as bullied as they like to seem no it's they want they want the tortured artist sort of uh yeah they want the world to, to feel just how much pain i'm in yeah i'm I'm sure there was some shitty poetry in there like it, it now it does show that we should probably get society a little more comfortable with sending your kid to the shrink yeah because really you just gotta yeah, say some of this building bombs and shit, uh, ship them off to the loony bin for a minute and well, let them get his shit right. Usually when you say some of the th- some of these things out loud with immunity, uh, you realize they sound a little silly. I think... Son, why? Why do you want to build a bomb to kill everyone? <laughs> why do you want to build uh, four bombs? Now you say, say this is a dream of yours. Why is that a dream? Because that's the only way you stop this, like actually prevent it. Because once they decide to do it, I hate to tell people this, but uh, you better just hope it's not you they hate. Yeah, because there's no make friends. There, once again, unless you put more guns on campus, there's no stopping this once it's happening. All right. Although uh, I think they have finally shifted policy into for the police, and that they should go in and fucking shoot the kid. Oh, that is the new policy. Yeah. They they talk about that in the book, but the new uh, policy is like rush and get rid of. Yeah. The take, threat. Well, once again, most of the damage these kids do is within like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So the uh, faster the, you shoot them, the faster it it ends. The library shooting had happened within, they, the bomb was supposed to go off at 1117. I believe the library shootings were over at 1139 or started at 1139. Yeah. These kids. So 20 minutes. Yeah. Once the adrenaline initially wears off, they pretty much all peter out. But now that was another interesting thing the the book mentioned is it's possible the boys kind of killed themselves because they they for a year leading up to this they had worked themselves into a frenzy about how much fun it would be to kill but like with the sort of serial killers 
they'll kill and get the thrill of the kill, but then they don't need to do it again for a while. Yeah, so, I mean, some people are just built different. Like, Ted could wait. Yeah. Um. Some people can't wait. Like, I think that's why Ed Kemper said he went and just killed his mom and fucked her head because mm. he realized he couldn't help himself and he was just going to keep doing it. But, yeah, like, like BTK. BTK would take long breaks yeah. in between because he didn't once he got his he, he got his rocks off and then he was able to stay satiated until later when he needed to go back to kill so part of the the theory was that the boys had fulfilled their Fantasy. desire to kill yeah they came and now they're just kind of like stuck in the library so what the fuck do you do other than shoot yourself yeah, uh, I mean, I'm kind of with Howard Stern on this one. I'd at least got, like, one blowjob in. <laughs> like one got, rape? You got a gun, and they're there. Like, if you think this is going to be the end, like, look, you've already committed murder. What is rape compared to that? I haven't heard the Howard Stern uh, rape Columbine audio. This is uh, this is audio I do not recall. Uh, my sources led me to this audio. <laughs> your your uh, Twitter sources or... My sources, I can't name my sources. Okay, I, I respect your journalistic I gotta, integrity. I have to respect their privacy because they're whistleblowers risking their life to tell me this. I totally believe he said that, but yeah, that's I actually have not heard that before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, it's a little disappointing in, recomp in, in re retrospect because even if your bombs don't go off, like, you had two hours. They really wanted to make the bombs go off. Well... You you they, could have gone and fixed the bombs in two hours. They had 50 minutes. They killed the, They were dead within 50 minutes. Well, they had two hours, but they panicked. They had four hours. They, yeah, they, <laughs> panic, they panicked, and they killed themselves. Yeah. They could have taken their sweet fucking time. All right, uh, back to the conspiracies. Sheriff Stone um, didn't help at all in stopping uh -huh. the spread of the above conspiracies. Sheriff Stoned. He might as well have been, because he was... He, he, he was a fucking dumbass. He am, frequently made statements that had to be corrected by Jeffco's spokesperson. He told false stories about police action on the day. He described the cafeteria tapes, even though no one had seen them at the time. Folks, I've seen these <laughs> tapes. You'll never believe them. They're spectacular. Them. They're spectacular. Best I've ever seen. He also implied, this was uh, nice, he implied that Eric and Dylan had planned on initially hijacking a plane. Full 9-11, before 9-11. I don't know if the hijacking a plane was to crash it into the school or to escape, but... Uh, Did he specify where they would get the plane? Absolutely not. Is there an air base in Colorado <laughs> I'm unaware of? But eventually the police came to an understanding that if the rest of them didn't talk, neither would Sheriff Stone. So nine days after the shooting, everyone decided to shut the fuck up, to shut him the fuck up, and that led to five months of silence from the police, which, of course, led to some sort rampant, of uh, people being able to uh, speculate. Yeah, rampant speculation. Now, Although, you know it's bad when they really are just like, hey, you need to shut the fuck up, because every word you say is, is cost making it worse. Is costing us, like, $5 million. There was one more theory that I didn't even bother to do a deep dive in, just, but I feel like I should mention, because it's... It's Funny. the best one. It's that the boys, when they got arrested uh, for breaking into that van, mm -hmm. they were taken to the police station mm -hmm. where they were brutally sodomized. 
Not and gently sodomized. Brutally, brutally sodomized. They did not enjoy it at all. And that was the reason for the attack. And from what I can tell, the genesis of this theory is because... Trenchcoat Mafia is gay. <laughs> yeah, they're full of gay people who wanted to kill jocks. Um, no, was in one of their... I think it was Eric's uh, diary. He had drawn a picture about them getting busted... Uh, breaking into the van. So it was kind of a story in parts. So he drew them like breaking into the van and then he drew a picture of uh, mm. the sheriff fucking them in the ass, which I think oh. was more metaphorical. That's what I was about to say. I, was, <laughs> I thought you were going to say first like he drew a picture of them getting butt fucked. Yeah, that's, that's like, exactly what he did. Well, how detailed was this picture? I don't think he was, you know, he was no Picasso. Or... Because look, as hesitant as I am to go with that story, if they were raped, that's fantastic motivation. Being fucked in the ass by a cop and would make you angry. And that's also something you would never say on a tape or out loud at all. <laughs> the basement tapes would have been way more interesting. Well, but that's what I'm saying, because as preposterous as this might sound, cops do some gay shit. They do, but I feel like they would have taken it out on the cops then. Yeah, but the cops are hard targets. I think that's what part of the bombs were for, though, was to get the cops as they came in. Well, Because there were bombs outside the school where the cops were supposed to have set up, weren't there? They each had put more of the same type, like propane bombs, in their cars, and they parked it at the two spots where they thought, uh, like, after an hour or so into the shooting, they thought paramedics and shit were most likely to be. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just trying to take out as many people as they could. I think they were yeah. going to try to get to the cops at the end. But I'm just saying, being butt-fucked has caused many a man to kill. Just end the episode there. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just hard stop. That's as good as it's going to get. I mean, that really, uh, that that is, that's everything. There, that's the you cons- fuckers. It took me goddamn three weeks to read that book and outline that. And you can distill it into one line. Ugh. <sighs> But fucking causes a man to kill. Uh, That's uh, going to be my new thesis paper. <laughs> but fucking and the serial killer. Hey, if David Wilcock gets to just give us his uh, Jungian uh, takes on dream analysis, I think I can write a thesis on oh. but fucking and its prevalence in the uh, mass shooter community. And uh, rest assured, listening audience, David Wilcock's new book will begin being covered. Uh, as soon as we're done posting these Columbine episodes, next week's episodes oh, will, we're gonna... will be Mr. Wilcock and uh, his wild ride. Yeah, we're going to take our time with this one because it's it's just fantastic. We're going to have some nice production for you. Uh, we're going to give his screenplay the full works. It's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be fun. David, David, holler at me. So, with that said, uh, welcome to the beginning of uh, Season 2. And, season uh, 2, bitch. Six months left till the world ends. I just, uh, the butcher's coming. Mamba out. Mamba <laughs> out.